0: The NFL stands for not for long. Upset, Sharga and Armstead Rollout. Walker still running out. Looks to the left, wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards oh, of that catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. locked Quarter of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. Welcome back to the Colin Thompson Show. I appreciate everybody tuning in again. Jack in the back, thanks for getting the intro killer for us here at Not For Long Media. As my puppy now comes in to join us, uh, Jack, how are you doing today, pal?
1: Doing good, you know, back in the swing of things after everybody seemed had a nice Easter weekend or whatever they did with their past weekend. But it's nice, you know. NBA playoffs are starting to ramp up. Hockey's starting to get there. NFL drafts are around the corner. The Masters, I actually pay attention to golf for the first time in my life this weekend. It was actually kind of interesting. But yeah, it seems like all sports are sort of ramping up what you called the best time of the year for sports a couple weeks ago. It
0: is the best time of the year in the sports calendar, I think, by far. Put a bow on all the above. Again, everything we do here is brought to you by not for long media, the Colin Thompson show. I appreciate everybody tuning in. And first and foremost, I need to talk about our friends over the original fudge kitchen, kitchen, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country for those that ordered fudge. And I know Sue, some of you are for Easter, your kids, your wife, your family were not upset. They were thrilled. The texts, the DMS loved the Easter bunnies. They got loved uh, the delicious fudge and sweet treats they've been making for 50 plus years there family business check them out guy Fudgekitchens.com, located all down the jersey shore from ocean city new jersey all the way down to cape may six locations you can get it down there or again you could ship it anywhere so lots to talk about jack but before i do i want to thank everybody for an amazing three-day workshop out at nfl west which is located In L.A., right next to SoFi Stadium, the NFL's new uh, West Coast hub office, if you will. And they had an amazing event where 25 current or former players were invited to a media and broadcasting workshop. The first day, legend of business Jerry Madelon puts on an unbelievable hour presentation of how to Handle yourselves in this media industry from a professional standpoint, from a business standpoint, from a verbiage standpoint, how to present your arguments, so many different avenues. It was so well done. Uh, and we have a nice meal, meet and greet, got to you know, meet people like Jason Kelsey and Kurt Werner and the Dominican Patrick Peterson, KJ Wright, and you know, hang with my guys from Malka Sports with Burton. And Copeland. And it was just an amazing, amazing event. Uh, And then Wednesday is a full day of workshops from how to call a game on the radio, how to call a game on TV. You know, Westwood One puts on this amazing presentation of how to call a game on radio. That's done by, you know, Howard Denneroff, who's one of the best in the business. You learn how to host your own TV show, host your own Sirius XM show, be a color analyst, be a in-studio analyst, just Endless possibilities all day long, just learning from the best in the business, from producers to current players to former players that are all involved with media, how to handle your social media, things like that. So an unbelievable approach and an unbelievable event put on by so many countless, I can't even begin to read off the names here, but just again, thank you to the NFL. It was fantastic. And then you show up Thursday morning, Jack suit, tie hair, makeup, ready to go. And you go on and you you call a game on the radio, you call a game on TV You call, uh, you do a studio analyst job. You have an opportunity to just sit in with some of the best in the business, and it's all unreal, and it's all for our use in the future when we want to send it to people and get critiqued on it or whether we want to send it to people for jobs. It's amazing what the NFL put on. So a first-class league with a first-class media workshop. They've been doing this for years now. You mentioned guys like Ross Tucker have gone through it. Dan Orlovsky have gone through it. Um, and they really are just amazing people that put it on. So there was probably, I don't know, 200 people that went out of their way to put this thing on. And it was just first cast people from CBS, Fox, NFL films, NFL network, uh, you name it, they were there and, uh, was really, really well done. So thank you to you guys, Jack, you mentioned the masters. What'd you do about the masters pal?
1: It's just it was on I, the thing that caught my eye initially was just all the talk about it. And it was all over Twitter. I got to reading a bunch of the fun facts about it from like the menu, how they don't charge for the broadcasting rights, just all of the lore about the Masters. And with that, I started watching game because they were talking about Tiger and then all the stuff with the tree falling on the se- I think they said the 17th hole or whatever on the second day. Just I ended up catching bits and pieces, and it was the highlights on after the second. I think they started the third round on day two, but all the highlights from the second day, I just got involved in it a little bit. It was nice to... I don't know if I'll go and watch any other tournaments, but it was nice to sort of see the Masters unfold a little bit and, like, the Live versus PGA going on in the midst of it. I thought it added a really, really interesting storyline to it all.
0: Tons of great storylines. Great point, Jack. I agree. I think there are a few things like the Masters, especially someone who's, I'm a hot and cold golf fan. I really am. So, you know, the Masters, I'll watch every swing that you can physically watch. I, I couldn't this year with some travel in the NFL event and family with Easter. But, I mean, there's not a better tournament, in my opinion, to watch. The way they cover the game. I don't know why they don't cover other shows like this. Now, I know other other tournaments like this. and I know CBS does an amazing job. Jim Nance, the whole cast of characters, and, again, Gusta. And the master is so all intertwined, interlocked, and just beautiful. I checked the box shack. I was able to watch and also get a nice nap on a Sunday afternoon. So I was thrilled for Sunday dinner that I had a little extra juice because of the nap. So for me, uh, ROM played awesome. I mean, they all played great. It was fun to watch. I know the story about Brooks Capu. He's been dealing with some mental stuff. I learned that on that Full Swing show, a great show on Netflix. Check that out, too. So that was really cool. If you're getting into golf, check out Full Swing on Netflix. It's like Drive to Survive uh, for those – that follow that show. Uh, So that was really cool. And then, you know, honestly, I try to think what's next in golf. I was talking about us some people, but again, they have the U S open. They have all these different things that start to happen as the summer unfolds, but there's nothing like the master's jack. I'll tell you that right now. And there's nothing like our friends over at shots and giggles, shots and Giggles, key West, Florida, your place to hang out. People are wrapping up spring breaks, but a really great place to get down to. I hope to get down there sooner rather than later, right behind sloppy joe's a just fun locals bar where you just again you're sitting next to like a pirate you're sitting next to a billionaire you're sitting next to you know someone who's got a great great sailboat in the mid-atlantic ocean they live on it's a unique place where you're next to you know dale Hunter jr's been in there kenny chesney's been in there it's a it's kind of be a interesting spot and a really accumulation of some really cool people there shotsandgiggles.com check it out key west florida all right jack um is some nba drama that i know you're just so excited to get to
1: yeah, so it involves the NBA's Dallas Mavericks. Now the NBA is so chaotic, that a massive whirlwind of news stories overtook this, but it's still kind of at the forefront. But so on Friday night, the Dallas Mavericks were set to play the Chicago Bulls. And I believe at that point, they had been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs the night before. So before the game started, they benched Kyrie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, Max Kleber, and Christian Wood, which are pretty much all their starters except Luka Doncic. They didn't bench Luka because it was Slovenian night because at the time Gordon Dragic, the only other NBA player in Slovenia, was on the Bulls when they scheduled it. I think he's on Milwaukee now. So they played Luka because it was just a bunch of fans from Slovenia were coming to watch him. But he had only played a quarter, and he had gotten subbed out, to which they asked Jason Kidd about it after the game which Jason Kidd said, I can't speak for him, but when you look at it, we all said that we want to have the opportunity to find a way to get in, and we we're going to play until told otherwise. And today is the day that we've been told we're going to do something different, and so he's going to participate in the first quarter, and then he's done for the season. Now, that the issue is the NBA players have been benched. NFL has done it for years, decades at this point, whether it's resting players as they got ready for the playoffs, as the Sixers did, or resting guys for a better – draft position like we saw even the nfl again philadelphia eagles did it against the commanders two years ago and that's how they were able to land Devonta smith all that sort of stuff but the issue is jason kidd said the quiet part out loud which is that they did this on purpose because the front office told them to do so now i don't know if this is jason kidd trying to save face here or if he was just being that dumb to say that part out loud but the nba is coming down as hard mainly just because of the fact of they don't want it to seem blatant like teams are tanking, especially now they're partnering more a lot with gambling companies. Throwing a game is really not seen as the best idea.
0: Are they throwing the game? Because well, you could play all your players and they may lose. So you really, I think the Mavs are going to win this argument here because at the end of the day, they're not technically throwing the game. If they tell a player to go to the foul line and say, hey, miss these foul shots because I want us to lose. There's a difference. There's a difference. So to me, it's not throwing the game. What do you think about tanking, Jack? And what do you think about the whole situation in Dallas? Well,
1: I'll say this one part. So they didn't try to lose. They still only end up losing by three. But the issue is, you look at the sidelines. They had a chance. I forget who it was it. A chance for a game tying three. You can see Mark Cuban sideline celebrating that they missed the three to lose. Which because is, again, He's that's a not illegal. Man. It's He's not a illegal, smart. but it doesn't look right. It doesn't help their case. Again, I don't think that there's. The thing is that I have a feeling that they're going to make an example out of the Mavericks, and even if it's not that harsh, they're going to come down harshly on them to sort of set in the place a la very not similar situation with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is the first example in the modern era of NFL players gambling. They came down very harshly on Calvin Ridley for better or for worse. They are I two have separate
0: a, things, though. They are way but dear. I'm, I'm, one is, I'm not one saying, is on the moon, and one is in Annapolis, Maryland.
1: I'm just saying the reason is it's the first kind in their instances. That's why I think the league will come down harsher on it. Not but fair. in the terms of this, I'm a Sixers fan. So I'm all for tanking, if it makes sense. I like the tanking where a team strips things for parts. So what the Utah Jazz have done, the Houston Rockets did in the process doing with the process Sixers did. I'm all for if teams are selling everything they got, liquidating their assets, and they're trying out younger guys. I don't like the sense of tanking of just throwing games. But if a whole season tank and you're trying to rebuild, you know, all right, we got a 32 year old all-star and a bunch of role players. We can't make a push for the playoffs with the core that we have and the assets we have. We got to reset things. I am for tanking in that sense because it, you're still trying to win. It's, I mean, I, I don't like it. You still have a clear view in mind. Like look at the flyers. You get upset at the flyers cause they're bad, but they're making a lot of confusing points. You're at the part where, all right, I'd like the flyers to say, we're done. We're given and we're rebuilding. And yeah, but there's
0: two to- different times, though, Jack. So, sure, there's tanking, yes, where you want the Sixers of old, where you're playing guys that shouldn't be in the league. But for Dallas, what's the difference? Like, I don't want to make the playoffs. Like, you can't have one or the other for me. So, if people are like, yeah, sure, I have no problem if you sell every asset. Well, what if it, you know it's not going to work out, and you know you're not going to be able to go on a deep playoff run, and you know now you're in a pos- position here of a lottery where you may be able to get a, a seventh pick, and then trade up to draft a guy in the top three, that may be an option for you. But if you put yourself fifteenth overall, it's going to take a massive haul to get up in the top three. So for these premier players that are coming in this year, so I hear you, but you can't have it one way or the other. You can't say a team that's just out of the playoffs, they're not going to tank the last three days and then or like place like, what are they going to trade Luca, not trade for Kyrie and make a run? So to me, I hear you, but I think you need to have it both ways.
1: Yeah, and the thing is. You see this, but a lot of the, I think the end of the day, the reason for the tanking is how it affects the stars. So, another team that's kind of on that same situation where you're like, all right, well, maybe the draft picks help them. Damian Lillard in Portland literally came out yesterday, two days ago, where I'm at, I don't want to play with guys in their second, third year. I want to win. He basically counts out and said, he doesn't want his team to tank at the end of the game. He wants to win, he wants to at least be in the mix. And because I think a lot of the NBA players see it that way a lot different than we do. They don't see it as like, oh, we're the eight seed. We'd rather get the 13th pick instead of the 17th pick. They're like, all right, we're in the playoffs and we want to have a shot. You don't really want to mess with your star players if they're against it. Luca, who has been very visibly upset with this franchise for the last few months, mainly trading his best friend for and a move for Kyrie Irving that took out part of the team. They did some good, which was the defense that they had letting Jalen Brunson walk for nothing, really hurting their offense. So uh, that nothing of that has to do with tanking. It's just why do that for three more picks when it's could be the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of your franchise player. Who's a top five player in the league.
0: You think Lou is leaving.
1: I, he said he's wanting, he wants to stay there. But a lot of people are starting to think that he's going to get real tired of this, which makes sense. They pushed all their assets in the Kyrie Irving, who's a free agent, who really has no loyalty to the Mavericks franchise, which makes sense. He was traded three months ago. So there's a very real possible chance that Kyrie Irving could walk. They're left with no draft picks. No guys and a bunch of cap space used by guys that really aren't worth it. Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber are great guys, great players, but they're being overpaid. And with the new collective bargaining agreement, a lot of these mid-guys that are getting paid like that, or even Tobias Harris's, their values are going to drop. But what before that drops, the caps are going to be stuck in a salary cap situation where they're not going to be able to win or put winning pieces around him. It's just, it's a tough situation to be in. And it's just they have consistently made one bad mistake after the other, despite being handled handed a franchise great in Luka Doncic.
0: Plus, they're in the West, which is a much tougher conference, I would assume at least, at least in the last you know couple decade. You know, from my at least when LeBron was uh, when LeBron was in the East, it was really easy. But now that it's out there, it seems a little bit harder. No,
1: you would be actually quite wrong. The West, the this there's year. Different, so the East is top loaded. There are five teams in the East that are incredible but you could put any of the three top teams in the east which would be the sixers the bucks or the celtics and they'd be the best team in the west the west is very even one to eight but you have teams creeping in like i mean the lakers and the thunder who had really great end season surges usually in traditional years wouldn't have made it into the postseason they kind of have a lesser bottom tier and the, the mavericks the mavericks were a top five team excuse me <coughs> when things were rolling earlier in the season even last year but now they didn't even make the play-in. You have to be a bottom five team in your conference to not even make the play-in, and that's where the Mavericks sit right now.
0: They're going to have a top 10 pick. Great stuff by Jack, as always. If you're going to a game this year, playoff game, baseball game, hockey, NBA, college sports, check out SeatGeek, our pals, C-O-L-I-N-T-H-O-M, Colin Thompson, my full name, get you 20 bucks off your tickets, $50 or more, so get that $50 ticket, bang that number all the way down to 30 and use that promo code. Colin Thompson at SeatGeek. Check it out. All right, Jack. So we had a little NBA chat, but I want to ask you though, we have a lot of Sixers fans listening to this show. How are the Sixers momentum going into the playoffs and how's the landscape of the East look for you?
1: So the Sixers have a very, they are absolutely one of the best teams in the NBA. They have a few roadblocks in their way. Now, luckily their first round is against the Nets, the Nets who have collapsed heavily with the Ben Simmons situation. Who's done for the season. Many think he could probably retiring at the end of his contract. Overall disaster tenure in Brooklyn. This is just besides everything people would say about Philly. He's had a terrible experience in Brooklyn, but Cal bridges has been sensational. They don't really have much depth. The Eagle, the Eagles, the Sixers will easily blow past them. The issue is, the team that has had the Sixers number for the entire season is the Boston Celtics. The Sixers will play the Celtics unless the Hawks or whoever gets a seven seed takes him out, which is highly unlikely. It took Embiid on a near-perfect game, dropping 54 points to beat the Celtics without Jalen Brown. They won by two points in that game. James Harden's had an Achilles injury that's been bothering him. He's been trying to shake it off, but it really it has been aggravating these last few weeks. The playoffs are a totally different piece. We can, we've we seen teams kind of cruise the last few weeks and really step up playoffs, and it look completely different. But Al Horford, the Boston Celtics, have just had Embiid's number his entire career. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. There's already reports that if the, the Sixers do not make it out of the second round, that the results will be substantial, whether that means James Harden ends up walking, Doc Rivers is let go, whatever that may be. It is a must for this team, especially if Embiid wins MVP. It is a must for them to get out of the second round.
0: Or Sixers faithful. They're going to be camping out on Broad Street, waiting for Jack to stop coughing and dying on camera. Dude,
1: allergies are rough out here, man. I It doesn't help I'm surrounded by trees. It's You're not my house. There's like giant. The there's mo- well, yeah, but like my car is covered in yellow every single day. It is rough out here, man.
0: Well, I shouldn't say yellow. And as you continue to cough, I, you got a sweet not for long media hat on. Where'd you find that hat at, Jack?
1: I found it on www.notforlongmedia.com. That's where I found it, Colin.
0: Nice. Nice little hat. New logo. Check it out, folks. Notforlongmedia.com. I'm excited for our interview today. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, guys, check out Sound Sleep promo code Colin. Best sleep product in the world. Magnesium. puts you to bed and you get up, roll it, and kick ass the next day. Again, check out our friends over at Sound Sleep, the best sleep product in the world. Or my a good friend, friend of the show, a, a gentleman that was a huge supporter of mine with the New York Giants, Chef Angelo, the head chef, executive chef of the New York Football Giants, a first-class organization I was very, very blessed to play for uh, back in the day. My first team I was with in the NFL, really great spot. And they have the best food in the league, in my opinion, that I've been around. And he has a lot, if not everything, to do with it. First-class first-class man, father, chef, and he has an unbelievable, just staff there. That's been so good. So good to me. And so good to so many players around the NFL. So Chef Angelo, I can't thank you enough for coming on our show, You're first class. And again, I hope you guys enjoy chef Angelo's interview. All right, guys. So we got Angelo, chef Angelo baslone the head chef executive chef for the New York Giants joined the show today how you doing man
2: I'm doing awesome how you doing
0: it's great to see you again I, you you run the best ship in the NFL I will say you really do
2: thank you uh, and we, uh it's it's a fun gig it's definitely you know it's been been there since 2009 um some learning curves in the beginning but you know, I think we uh, I think we do a decent job.
0: I think the best part about what you guys do is just how personal you guys make the approach on with food, the dining experience, how much you guys care about the players, everybody cares right? Everybody, all the teams, all the chefs, everybody puts amazing work in, they work crazy hours, you know, guys are in there starving, gaining weight, tough day, personally, good day, personally, good game, bad game, guys are in there, right? So you're dealing with all different personalities, you're dealing with all different moods, you're dealing with coaches that don't sleep, you're dealing, so you're dealing with everything. But every time going into that place, it was a highlight of my day and a lot of players days, like the culture there, we're going to get into all this stuff. But just an amazing job. So I'll pat you on the back for now, and then I'll I rip you that. In, I mean, you know?
2: <laughs> that, that's just you know my my team, you know, people that that I hire. It, there's we're a small group, small kitchen group, but you know, we're, they they're really you know they do care. Um, they want to make sure you know we're fueling them the best we can, and and they want to make it fun. You know, we I've been a Giants fan, you know. Since I saw Joe Morris run out of his his shoe against <laughs> back in the 80s. So when I got, you know, the job, it was it was kind of like, wow, you know, it's I'm cooking for the Giants. I was in the Giants fan forever. Uh, you know, I when I got offered a job, I I had called a couple of people I called my sister. I'm like, if I were to tell you what my dream job would be, what what would you think? And she she's like, You are cooking for the Yankees? I'm like, no. And then she's like, the Giant like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's you know pretty much a dream job. I get to combine my two passions, and you know, I played sports in high school, played football. I wasn't very good, you know, me, I'm five six. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I always loved the game. I played it one since I was peewees, and so I understand it, I'm a huge fan, and combining football and food, you know. I didn't even know that existed until it got (laughs) offered to me.
0: Yeah, so let's go back to the beginning. Your passion for food, where did that stem from?
2: Hmm. Italian family. You know, uh, both my parents were born in Italy. So food was always, we always sat down to dinner. There was a, you know, there were always two, three courses. There was a pasta. There was a second course. There's fruit and nuts at it, you know, always at dinner. My mom never... Wanted to go out because she's like, you know, why go out? Why spend all that money when I could do it just as good, if not better? Um, so food was always like a main focus. Um, I did go to to college and was trying to figure things out. Went without undeclared, stayed at college for like a year and a half. And I'm like, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I, I got a job and I... Small Italian restaurant in uh, in town where I grew up, um, and and really enjoyed it. So stayed at that little restaurant for about nine months, and, and decided I wanted to go to culinary school. Um, went to the CIA Culinary Institute of America in, in Hyde Park, um, and you know after that after graduation I, I joined the company that I'm with now. We're contracted out. Um, so I joined Flick Hospitality and did the corporate thing. Um, so it was different accounts. I was at State Farm Insurance. I was at ADP at Honeywell. Um, before the Giants, I was actually a chef for the Archdiocese of Newark. So I was cooking for, for priests and nuns and, and, and then the opportunity, with the Giants came up, you know. Back in 2009, teams started building their practice facilities and they weren't eating in the, uh, you know, in the locker room anymore. They were, they had these nice facilities and, you know, that's, that's where it started.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just a unique world of, world of food in our business is massive now. I mean, it always has been massive, right? You're feeding large amounts of people, but now I don't want to say it's a part of the recruiting pitch too. You're part of free agency. You're a part of the backbone, you're part of the culture. It's an investment by the owners. I think that's the number one thing. People always ask me in my travels, where's the best you've been out and you notice know, respect to other places. Chicago is great. Carolina has been great, but you guys are just five stars. And I think it's from ownership, right? I mean, you could speak more on that, but there's a culture there of everyone sitting and eating together. You're sitting next to people you didn't know. You're learning. I wasn't on my phone there. It was just a unique atmosphere where I I just, again, I just thought everything you guys did there was first class, but talk about the support from people above you, because it's easy to do your job when you have that support. And I've been places where you may not have that support. Honestly, right. it makes it harder. So talk about how, how amazing it's been for you.
2: Well, it's funny you said that, you know, from ownership and, and the support, because it, you wouldn't be surprised if you see my, my dishwasher tell sitting down in the cafeteria, sitting down with, with the owner having lunch, Uh, you know, Bob Baba, the Voice of the Giants always says, what other organization in professional sports where you'll see the owner sitting down and having lunch with the guy that washes the dishes, you know, that place is a family atmosphere. They they care about you. They treat us like gold there. Um, And, you know, just having that support, feeling like you're part of the organization is huge. Um, and then, you know, the relationship I have with the nutritionist, uh, he's, he's awesome. He's, you know, he's a former chef, uh, culinary background. So he gets it. He speaks my language. Um, so, you know, he knows what I need to succeed. And, and, you know, and then, Flick on top of that, the company I work for is, there's a ton of support there too. We, we started with uh, one NFL team. I was the third now. I think we're close to 10 NFL teams. Um, we're also, we also do MLS soccer. Uh, we have a couple baseball teams now, uh, basketball team. So, you know, the sports part of it has really grown. And, you know, it's it's a neat niche, niche yeah. uh, of
0: a business. It, it was just amazing. I remember going to my first day and you guys had, like, pictures of the players and their names and, like, trying to learn people's names. And it's, like, just a rookie minicamp. Half of us aren't going to be back. Thankfully, I was back. And, you know, it was crazy time for me as a player, as a Giant. I mean, this was a childhood. I was a fan of the Giants growing up because my mom's best friend from high school, Tim Lewis was the defensive coordinator for the team. And we would go and, you know, go up and hang out in the bubble and the bubble was next to the stadium there and like be post game and hang out with like Luke Pettigrew. And I remember like all these old giants and Jeremy Shockey is the reason why I wanted to be a tight end. And the 80 in my email was why, and then I wore 80 with the giants. So that was a whole emotional thing. So there's a lot of emotions that were coming up there. My mom was, took me to New York city as a kid and my dad and, Family and my mom's been doing business in New York forever. So it was like a big thing for when I was a giant because it was like, hey, I'm gonna bring all the people I've done business over with that are big blue fans, you know. So during pra- practice at their practice, you would have people she's done business with for years there. And it was like a really cool family moment for me. I'll never forget it. But just the family atmosphere there was unbelievable. And then I came back for a mini camp after I got cut. For those listening that don't know, I played for the Giants coach McAdoo's, I think last year. And I ended up having an emergency appendectomy and getting cut after that one game and was gone and didn't have a chance really to say bye to anybody. Cause I created such great relationships in a short period of time with you guys. But I came back for a mini camp down the road and that was hard for me emotionally too. Cause it was like, I just invest more into this game. I not more than anybody else, but personality wise, relationship wise is what I like to do. So kudos. Yeah. to you man, When you came
2: back, like half my staff was like, Colin's back. Yeah, we, we were excited because, you know, the short time you were there, you 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 made an impact on all of us. You were you were awesome. You were definitely one of our favorites. Oh, uh, thank you. you I appreciate sure that. Way. I
0: ate all the food too. And and uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, you were, you were always complimented an the food. So <laughs> we loved you.
0: I was an um, eater. And I, I was th- I always tell people, I'm like, the giants have the freaking recipe to the turkey next to the, and the stuffing right next to it. I don't forget <laughs> that. You guys had that the one day are you still do that? Um sometimes. Sometimes. I remember you had that. I was like. Holy cow. That's great. And I just, yeah, I ate, I ate too much up there. I was a rookie figuring out that OTAs are only four hours. You only move for an hour of them. Where in college, you move for like six hours. You can eat what you want. But I was, I gained some weight there. I ate pretty good. So that was my own fault. But
2: another thing that you were saying about the the recruiting process, uh, like in free agents, I remember uh, the year we signed Red Ellison, another tight end. Um, uh, great guy. Uh, I was standing out there, and he comes in. They signed his contract, and I introduced myself. And he he looks at me. And he's like, "Oh, you're Angelo." He's like, "I've been hearing about the food at this place for four years." <laughs> so, like, some of our guys, the one that had gone on to Minnesota, you know, they they talked about the food. So he was uh, <laughs> he was pretty excited about coming in, you know tasting it. He was a, he was a big foodie
0: too. Yeah. He is a great dude. He was someone I tried to follow and shadow and do a lot of different things behind. Cause he was a really good dude. I was bummed. I wasn't there that year and still close with Gilbride. You know, Gilbride was tight end coach,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Kevin jr. With the bears and now Carolina. So it was uh, you know, we both have moved on for Carolina for now the time being at least, but um, yeah, he's been great to hang with and talk about the old giant stories and all that. So uh, you brought up, you know, players in free agency are oh, there some players over the years that have played there because there's some guys that have been there forever obviously Eli Manning or, I I'm trying to think too because you've been there the last 10 years so there's some guys that have retired in that process but there's been some giant I don't know, lifers but pretty close Eli is the first one that comes to mind are there some guys that come to mind Eli included that you really grew a great relationship with
2: um you know what that that Super Bowl team uh you know, winning when it, when it makes everything better, <laughs> it makes the food taste better, too. Um, yep. That Super Bowl team, that all those guys were were great. They'll come back in and visit Bradshaw, um, Snee, uh, you know, the whole line. You know, all those guys were cool. Um, you know, we'll see Andrew Roll and Justin Tuck. Um, all those guys were were awesome, and then, you know, so many other good dudes that that have come through. Um, Nick Gates, uh, huge foodie. He we would always talk food. Our punter right now, Jamie Gillen, another another one that loves food, and and like we'll try to peek into the kitchen to see what we're doing, and, and get some pointers and stuff like that. Um, Stevie Brown, he was that guy can cook. <laughs> he is really talented. Um, yeah, there's so many guys that you know kind of stuck with me and pop up on Facebook and, and and like you know connect. And when they come in to visit, they'll like come see me, and I totally get a kick out of it, you know, and even the, the older guys that before I wasn't there, that, you know, the, the guys I rooted for growing up when they come through, it's like, you know, Carl Banks does the, the radio and he calls me Ange. I'm like, when I was a kid playing football, I wore a neck roll. So, you know, I, I looked like Carl Banks. <laughs> um, so, you know, Carl Banks to call me Ange and, and Leonard Marshall to come in and like, try our catfish and say, wow, this is this is the best catfish I've had since I've been in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Um, that stuff is is pretty awesome. It's, you know LT came in once, I shook shook his hand and like massive hands. It was like you know a, a catcher mitt. Um, so stuff like that is like you pinch yourself.
0: Yeah. You do. And I, I do the same way. And that was one of my questions for you as well. Are those the pinch yourself moments? Or are there any moments that you look back on? You know, for me, really it has something to do with football. Some of mine, but they have to do with football, the opportunities it created for my family, my friends for events. Like we had a huge Kenny Chesney concert this time, April last year. And like, we got hooked up with a box and we were backstage and we got on the stage. Right. And like, They're playing boys of fall. And like, that's moments for me that I'm like, wow, I I pinch myself because I'm not on the stage. If I'm not playing football for the Carolina Panthers, you know, we're in Tottenham Hotspur stadium, which we're going to get into a little bit. I know you've been there and we were there two weeks ago or three weeks ago now watching Tottenham play, which I became a huge Spurs fan and we're sitting in the NFL box there. Mm -hmm. And it's got hooked up from NFL UK, you know, completely hooked up the whole thing. It was incredible. Like, and I was able to share that with friends and family. And it's like, of course the wins and all that stuff is amazing, but even football wise for you, is there any football moments that you look back or you you know look back on a smile and say, Wow, this was something really special or moments is it just every day or what take and me through it?
2: Going back to, to when we won the Super Bowl in eleven and got to go in, down the Canyon of Heroes in the parade. That was insane. It's like you, you get on this double decker bus and it's it's quiet like weird quiet and then the bus turns a corner and there's just oceans of people and this roar of people, you know, just cheering. And, you know, we were, kitchen staff was in the back. They were on a, you know, a friend's family bus and and we're going down and like people are looking up at us and they're like chanting, who are you, who are you? But it was still, it was still pretty cool. that that's something i'll never forget um this past this past uh season i got to do a little segment on the today show um got interviewed by harry smith and and that was you know i've done a, some little tv things with the giants and, and stuff like that but i'm sitting there that morning and it just kicked me i'm like this, this today this. So I started to sweat and get nervous and and all that stuff. Um, Yeah, little things like that. I think very early on, NFL Japan came into the facility and I had a, they they did a little segment on the food and I had to, you know, look into the camera and say something in Japanese. I never saw that segment after we filmed it, but yeah. (laughs)
0: That's great. There's some great moments, man. They really are, and it's cool to share it with friends, family, your staff too, right? And you see how much you affect them and your your hard work. I saw, I watched the today today's show clip. Weekly food consumption is this true or false? 200 pounds of fish, 300 pounds of meat, 500 pounds of chicken.
2: Yeah, I could even be a little more. You know, there's. I mean, during training camp, it it, it gets crazy. Because you know, there's there's training. There's the rosters are expanded. There's extra coaches. There's extra media. There's extra fans. Um, we'll go through. Just, just say we do wings one day. We'll go through two hundred and forty pounds of wings alone. What? It, it, it gets it gets nutty. Eighty pounds of salmon during training camp. Uh, we'll I'll go through eight New York strip loins. Um, and that's just one meal period. We're doing we're doing breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Um, so yeah. During during the regular season, I'd say that's pretty close to the numbers. It might be a little more sometimes, depending on what we we serve, but average, that's the amount of food.
0: It's unreal. I remember coming in and you guys had everything like rationed out, like weight gain meals, lean meals, all in the fridges to go. Not a lot of Ooh. places do that too. Like, I think too, and you'd understand this, and you probably tell your friends this. Like, we do this, but we do this is how we do it. But you haven't been in other buildings. Maybe you have. You hear from other players probably. But a lot of other places don't do that stuff above and beyond. So kudos to you guys. Hooter ownership, Giants, first class, Big Blue has always been great. And it's funny for the Eagles fans are like, no, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's They're different entities. They're just entity X, Y, and Z. I know the fans are more than that, but. That's why it's fun having you on because, you know, it's a different conversation for us. Have you gotten Chris Myrick to smile yet? A few times. (laughs) Chris (laughs) and I are roommates in college and great friends. So I'm really happy he's there. He's a good dude. Yeah, he is. You get him going. You get him going. You get him going. He's I'm just he's he's very businesslike. We'll get him to crack a smile once in a while. Yeah, you bring me up. He's not going to laugh with you. He's going to laugh at me. So that's (laughs) that's good. So. Uh, I think like take me through your week because like the inspiration for the meals, like the ordering of the food, like what's some things that stand out to you that are like huge pillars of your week to get ready for just an in season game. Um,
2: we, we, let's see. Usually I'll, I'll have a menu cycle made up like, uh, at least two, three weeks in advance. So I know what, what we're doing. Um, if we're in the regular season, uh, one thing that we kind of started doing, we've done it in the past, but this year we kind of went all out on it is, uh, like a a little devour the competition theme. So, so like the, the teams that we're playing, we'll do a little research and see what, what food comes from there. Um, like there was this burger place in Seattle, uh, And it's like two thin, they call it the whammy burger. So it's two thin patties, simplest thing. It was like a two ounce patty, cheese, another two ounce patty, diced onions, pickles, and ketchup. Uh, They went crazy for it, you know. Um, And then, you know, we'll theme the menu out on Wednesday. So I used to call it like subliminal food motivation, you know. (laughs) This is where you get get focused on, on your opponent this week. Um, so that kind of takes one day. Um, on, you know, Wednesday, Thursdays are your heavier days because you, you guys are, are going hard in practice on those days. Um, Mondays are usually a recovery day. So we'll, we'll do, go a little lighter. So some, maybe sometimes a brunch or, you know, lighter food because you, you guys have massages going on or, or, you know, recovery, watching film. Um, and so we do that on Mondays. Tuesday's a, a makeup day or workout day, usually a day off. Um, so that day, not all players are in the building, so we have a little more fun. Um, you know, uh, maybe not necessarily the healthiest things those day, that day <laughs> because the guys aren't there. And then the guys that show up are like, oh, you guys do it. Or, you, you guys go out <laughs> on Tuesday. I, I might come in more.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, You're getting players in the building that way. Oh, the t- coaches love it, too.
2: Right. Right. Um, and then Friday, Friday, you know, just a normal day. Saturday breakfast, uh, a quick, quick lunch because you guys are traveling. Um, and then and then on game days, that's when we uh, we go home and watch.
0: Yeah, you no, get an rid, off day.
2: That's,
0: off. that's your off day, and then you got to watch the game and stress about it. And Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the NFL for you. It's a grind. It is seven days a week, uh, but it's a heck of a run, and it's a heck of a high. And it's usually a big crash for me. I get to chill out. Uh, obviously, at the end of the season, I usually come down pretty hard and eat some really good food, as you've seen with the Sam Boners. Now, where do I need to go in your neck of the woods there, in North Jersey, for, for a great sandwich? Great dinner. Where's your favorite spots around there to get a bite to eat?
2: Let's see. We're we're talking fancy uh, in in Rutherford. Cafe Matisse it has been there for for a long time. And it's a small kitchen. And the chef there just, you know, does amazing things. It's it's like, it's small. Like you pick four courses and, and... and it comes out, looks beautiful, tastes great. Um, there's, there's some places in the city that, that have just been, you know, insane. Like uh, Blue Hill, uh, Chef, uh, ooh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, Dan Barber. He's all about like sustainability and using everything and like the dining experience up there was insane, uh, Bernadine went there. Uh, my wife took me there for my birthday this past year. It was incredible, of course, you know, all those places. But North Jersey, good sandwiches, a great little sandwich spot right here in town called Bogey's Uh a you nice sandwiches. But, you know, all, all, the, all the little sandwich spots, Those those, holes in the wall there's stewart's deli in town which is just like an old school deli family owned and they'll you know take care of you and and you know just make a nice sandwich
0: that's um, right. yeah that's so north jersey though like any hole in the wall right like how is to sit as steve's own steak still going it
2: is yep yes I, used to- I think the sign says 77 years now 78 years
0: oh man i love going in there mm-hmm.
2: it's it's, yeah an old school steakhouse
0: old school steakhouse like a couple potatoes whatever it is fries they are and then the the steak comes out with the mushroom caps on it yeah rare it's still sizzling yeah that's good it's affordable too i think it's super affordable right right yeah it's old school you can't beat up there though the food in this area now for you supplier wise like you have everything you need and more i would assume being up there like for food wise right like there's was there ever a shortage of food? Really?
2: Uh, during the pandemic, it was tough. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of suppliers were, you know, supply chain issues and, and, you know, a lot of driver issues, truck issues. Um, so, you yeah, know, we had to really plan ahead our menus then and, and, and be ready to, uh, to coin one of Coach Coughlin's old phrases, midstream adjust and, you know, switch up the menu on a dime because, you know, this didn't show up or that didn't show up. Um, thank God it's, you know, back to normal now and we do have everything we need. Um, there's, you know, fish from, you know, wherever we could get that daily. Our produce comes in every day. Um, we even deal with uh, sometimes a, uh, a game place in, in Bhutan called Fossil Farms. So, uh, we've done bison and elk and nice. different things like that, which some of the guys are, you know, a little weary about, but the, the ones that try it, you know, they enjoy it.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's great. Now, you got to the food, the, the, the game, right? It's always interesting going with guys, right? Everyone's like, I want a well done, you know, catch up. I'm like, come on, we're not, that's not that. No, no, we're not doing that. It's medium rare. Salt and pepper, and and if it's a good piece of meat and it's seasoned correctly, it's going to be great. Now that's uh, that's tremendous. Now, are you getting away? Are you get into some Yankees games. You're a Rangers fan.
2: Um, I'm all I'm all New York Nick. Rangers, Yankees,
0: Knicks, uh, Giants. There you go. Yeah. So you're, you're you're like a four for four in Philly, but you're that type of four for four. That's
2: yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I, I'll I'll get to a couple of Yankees games. Um, and I haven't been to a Rangers game in a while, but you know. They're always they're always fun to watch. Having the great season, um, they
0: are. Patrick Kane, man, I love that. They're going to be fun in the playoffs. Like their goalie and their scoring, Teresanko, the guys they brought in to play with those guys. Yeah. The Garden is awesome.
2: Yep, I mean, it feels like nineteen ninety four was just around the corner, but it. SEA. Yeah, uh, so they're they're due. So. Okay. They are my flyers okay. are
0: just in the tank, brother. So, I'm 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 picking. I am an NHL. Uh, uh, I am an NHL like just diehard. So I'm, yeah, I'm, they actually I'm,
2: brought the uh, the cup in last season when when the playoffs were coming to an end, and and so I got to stand and take a picture with the cup, which was was pretty cool.
0: I saw that with your staff too. What was that like in person? It's so big, right?
2: It was huge. Yeah, it just you know. Was afraid to touch it, they didn't want to jinx anything, you know. Uh, <laughs> <Paul> jinx,
0: <laughs> jinx the Rangers for right. sure. Now you were over in uh England, London, yeah. For a game. What was that like? That whole experience? I know you guys practice away from London, which is unique. You know, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is like one of the best stadiums in the world.
2: The Stadium was gorgeous. Um, yeah, and gorgeous. The, the hotel that they, they stayed at, like the staff was so nice. Um and my role there was basically be a conduit between the team and the and the kitchen staff and make sure, you know, if there any schedule changes or there's any, like, little questions that they had. They did a great job. Um, you know, this was the second time I had gone. Um, the first time, uh, <laughs> one hiccup that, that we had. I don't know if you've ever had uh, English yellow mustard. It looks like French's. And, they had put it out for something and and i didn't i didn't know at the time how spicy it was so snacks harrison smears it on his burger and takes a bite and you know snacks is a big dude and uh he just walks up to me with his eyes wide open he's like chef you're trying to kill us he <laughs> was like he got like <laughs> that that must have did a job on him uh, just the spice alone but you know had I tasted that I would have said put a warning on that but uh other than that I, you know they did a great job with the food um hotel was nice the, the they had this field this practice field it looked like field of dreams it was kind of like in the middle of nowhere a golf course in the background and, and it was it was really cool and then um I got to be on the sideline for that game, which was a great experience, especially when when we won, you know. So um being that close, that's another pinch me moment that I, I'd never thought I'd have.
0: Yeah, there's some great ones. You guys had a fun year this year. You guys were a fun team to watch. We lost to you guys, which stunk for us, obviously, two years in a row now, but uh you guys had a great year. What are you looking forward to next year?
2: Yeah. The, the coaching staff is a bunch of great guys. Uh, Coach Dable is, is, is really awesome. Um, you know, down to earth. Um, and, and like the guys that, that he brings in and, and, and Joe Shane brings in they're they're all good guys. I, I, I don't know if he, but, that's a prerequisite, but you know the team are like a bunch of down-to-earth guys that respect you and, and and just and you know say thank you and enjoy things. And that's that's been the case for for all the coaches, um, you know, from Coughlin to McAdoo to, to Judge. Everybody, they've all always treated us right and always been nice to us and and appreciate what we do for them um and they you know they, they let us know that
0: I love it this McAdoo because <laughs> I was with him this year I was with them this year and I I'll be honest to you I wasn't look I was a little when we when I saw coach rule was interviewing him, I was like oh man here we go because he got on me but I deserved it I needed it as a rookie it was the right thing
2: mm-hmm
0: but I ended up loving him in Carolina, him. And I hit it off. He is like blue collar. His day he is long, like from Pennsylvania, as he calls it, you know, South Pittsburgh, like middle of nowhere, blue collar family. I love Mac. And, mm. um, he would do cottage cheese and spinach. Was he doing that with the giants? He was doing like heaping amounts of cottage cheese and spinach. I don't remember that. No, I don't. Legend, it, it, uh, we won't cut this, so it, it doesn't. Well, this will make the podcast, but it won't make the uh social media cut up. So he, I don't hear about it from him. <laughs> but but man, he would he would come in the thing and he would load up with cottage cheese after a lift in the morning, protein, and you would get some <laughs> like spinach, like he was Popeye. Oh man, I, I don't
2: I, I don't think he did that by us.
0: That's how no, awesome. he did He probably didn't lift as much either, or had as much time as the head coach. I'm sure right, did, a little bit different when you're Big Blues head coach, so. Uh, any plans uh, for the rest of the offseason? OTAs is coming up, and then you got summer, man, and then we're rolling just like that.
2: Yeah, it's coming up fast. Um, I, my my daughter is a senior in high school, uh, so we'll, we we just decided on a college. Uh, she, she'll be going to Quinnipiac. Nice in the fall. So super super proud dad moment there. Uh, yep. When I started with the Giants, she was in kindergarten. Wow. So, so now she's in, going into college and she's going to be studying film. Um, and she's, she, I don't know where she got it from. She's, she's straight A's all throughout high school. And, you know, it's her mother because it's definitely not me.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. She's an artist just like Dad. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Quinnipiac, they got a good hockey program. A yeah. I'm a hockey nerd, but yeah. You yeah. A good
2: Final, semifinals or final
0: four? I think yeah, they call it the Frozen Four. But really yeah, it's, yeah, 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 it's gonna be good. You got you're just in the mecca there too of sports, like everything. How about FDU this year? St. Peter's yeah. last year, big
2: time.
0: Crazy, 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 man. Their budgets are like under a million. These schools that are playing; their budgets are like a hundred million. It's not. There's no Chef Angelo's walking around in FDU. <laughs> no,
2: I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. it is. It's right down the road, though.
0: It is, man. I'm in St. Pete, so. Listen, man. I appreciate you coming on. You guys are first class. Your whole staff. You are the best. I uh, Remember the first day I met you? You came walking around and just were super gracious and and uh, you know I was just a young whatever thinking I'm going to play 50 years in the NFL kind of guy. And it's been okay to me, but it's been a journey. Um, I and I always talk so so highly of you and your staff. So appreciate you coming on, man. It's been that's,
2: great. That's them. You know, I love my staff. They they really work hard and and do such a good job uh they put in long hours and and you know it can be a grind but they take a lot of pride in what they do and you know i'm very grateful to have the staff that i have
0: chef Ange, thanks brother appreciate you coming on get you on soon here
2: great to see you